0: Want to know more about conversation and community at the American School of Warsaw? Listen to simplicity. I've had a chance to get together with the fourth and fifth grade reporters club this afternoon, and they're going to ask me a variety of questions that I'm excited about sharing with all of the rest of you. And I'm going to hand it to Mr. Taylor uh, to orchestrate our conversation today. Mr. Taylor, take it away. Thank you, Mr. Zerflu. We wrote a few questions in our notebooks last week, so we're going to start with Yana, and then we'll see who has follow up questions. Okay, so what led me to- Oh, gosh. You should have been in my career day presentation yesterday because I gave the entire history. But let me see if I can throw it into a nutshell. I'm kind of a unique pathway to this role. So it's worth noting that there are some interesting tidbits in this as I tell you the story. So the story is like this. I was a teacher in Washington state on the west coast of the United States. Ten years, uh, a teacher there. I taught every grade level at the elementary level. Kindergarten, second, third, fourth, fifth. I also taught gifted and talented kids. But my favorite grade level, the one that I taught towards the end for the most number of years, was kindergarten. Kindergarten was my favorite. Five-year-olds have always been my favorite. And so I always find opportunities to go down to kindergarten. Not that I don't like fourth and fifth grade, but kindergarten's my love, and I did teach fourth grade for a couple of years, and I very much enjoyed it, so I know that as well. Here's the other unique fact about me. I did not get my first US passport to travel internationally until I was 31. Yeah, I was not, when I was a kid, Growing up, you just nobody had passports. In fact, still, only about 30% of the United States has a passport to travel internationally. 70% have never traveled internationally, never will, and don't have a passport. That's Isn't that strange. odd? Yeah. So I was one of those 24% that finally went out and got my passport. I went to Japan. And I fell in love with it. I taught at a small school on the west coast of Japan called Tsuruga and had a wonderful time there. So much so, I went back for the summer for another month uh, to our sister school there. And I taught as a guest teacher. And it was shortly after that, about another year, and I ended up taking my first job overseas and I went to Guangzhou, China, first as a kindergarten teacher But second, I became a vice principal. So that was my path to leadership was Guangzhou. It's also where I happened to meet Mrs. Z. And so that's where we started our life together. She was at that time a school office manager. And now you know her as Mrs. Z, the first grade teacher down in elementary. So Guangzhou. And then I was a principal in Guangzhou for a new school that opened called the, the uh, Clifford School, out in uh, Ponyu area, they called that. Um, and then after opening that school, we decided we wanted to go back to the United States for a little bit. Mrs. Z had never lived in the United States, so it was a new thing for her. So we went back so that she could experience snow and all the things that she'd never had growing up in the United States. Uh, and so we went back for five years, and I was a principal in Washington State. And then after that five years, we said, you know, we really like being international, so we went to Shanghai. And then Shanghai for seven years, and then back to the US again for a year to take a break and do some studies before going to Moscow. And then I went to Moscow for five years, and then I came here. And so I've been here now for just about four years. OK? And so that's my pathway to leadership, but that, that, that break Between Shanghai and Moscow, I went back to school and got my superintendent's credential so that I could be head of a large institution. After having been a principal and a head of school, I decided I wanted that credential and I wanted to learn about broader executive leadership. And so I went back to Seattle University and got my um, educational leadership credential through them. So that's what I took with me to Moscow. So in terms of wanting, I've always wanted to move into leadership. I was doing that even when I was an elementary teacher. I was designing programs. I was head of the teachers' union. I just really enjoy leadership. And so this is really the culmination of a career spent getting here. Does that help answer that? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have and a follow-up you, question. Oh, okay. So follow-up um, what year did you work in Moscow? In Moscow was 2011 to 2016. Because I think I was, I was in Moscow. I think you were too. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I was wondering if you were ever going to remember. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I re- I, my parents told yeah. me that you like, were also there in Moscow. Yep. So you probably remember me wearing my crazy socks. No. You don't remember crazy socks? Oh, gosh. That was our favorite thing to do. I was like in Montessori. What did you think of the uniform in Moscow? I forgot most of it. Oh, okay. Okay. No worries. (laughs) Okay, go. Who is your boss? My boss is something called a school board. It's a board of trustees. These are people that are selected and or elected from the parent body. So they are selected parents who together represent all parents and all kids in order to direct what the school does. But they're not a boss in the traditional sense. When you think of a boss, right, you think of somebody who's sitting in another office who tells you what to do every day. They don't work that way. Governance is about setting goals and setting policy. Policy is basically, here's the limits of what you can do. And then after you've satisfied the limits, Everything else is your decision. And so I have a lot of autonomy in how I make the school the best that it can be within the confines of policy and working towards the goals. And you know what our goals are, right? Core values, yep, right up there, right? And our mission, right? Changing the world for the better and our objective, which is about changing the way we do teaching in order to empower you to do more of the things you want to do. Mm. Okay? Go. Do you wish the school was like, a little more ecological, like if there were like, recycling bins in more places and stuff? I, all of those little yes. things are things we're always working on, and, and it's like some of them are things where, as adults, we could just do it for you, but we kind of think to ourselves, well, we really shouldn't do it for you we should empower you to do it. So we sometimes wait for students to step up and kind of make these decisions and turn these things into action. And so there's lots of interesting projects emerging to do sustainability. Now, interestingly, the Polish government has decided recycling is a big thing and they're putting new laws in place that we will comply with about sorting our garbage before it's picked up or there's Significant fines associated with that. So, we're in the process of doing some things on recycling right now. And we already do quite a bit of recycling. It's not perfect, like you said, there may be some bins missing here and there. But we're doing a lot of paper and plastic sorting, and we're doing a lot of organic waste now in the cafeteria for our composting and for our farms. Okay? Mr. Taylor. Go ahead a teacher I was a teacher and if you want to go way back I taught swimming lessons when I was in high school Huh? okay so this is going back to that question I enjoy it's hard to describe but I enjoy the science of leadership like how do you get people to do things that's in our collective benefit so how do, we, how do we band together? How do we get a group like this to want to do something really special and important? There you go. You, know, you think of words like persuade or I like the word influence. So I model and I do things to demonstrate to people how we should do things. So something as simple as smiling every day. And greeting people when they come through an entrance or tying shoes or things like that. Things that you do to serve people, the small things, they influence people. And then people are willing to step up and take on bigger jobs and do bigger things. So I want to be a leader because I want to make a difference. And also, why did you come to this school? This school. Boy, that's a complicated one. I was... I felt like I had gotten things done in Moscow and I was gonna go back to the States. And I've got family there and I was gonna spend some time with family before taking my next uh, project on. Warsaw at the time was going through a very difficult time. It was a transition in leadership. It was, uh, it was a, tra- a, a, a change in the school board at the time um, and there were a lot of issues. And so I was going back and a friend of mine Uh, who works for the State Department, said to me, John, would you come and help Warsaw? So when I first came here, I thought I was only coming here for one year. But I got here, and I started getting to know people, and I started working with people, and I fell in love with the place, and they fell in love with me, I think, (laughs) and we all shook hands and said, stay. And so one year turned into four years. Are you going to stay for longer? That's my plan. (laughs) Unfortunately, it's not entirely my decision. There's a board of directors that we're talking, but every indication is I'm going to stay for a while because I really am enjoying the work that we're doing. I love our core values. I, I love our mission statement. I love the work we're doing. It's challenging, but it's good work, and I feel like we're accomplishing things together. So, yes, I like it. Why did you want to be director? Well, that's kind of the same question, but director, I've moved up, like, in the position. So I've moved up the org chart. So I went from teacher to team leader to coordinator to vice principal to principal to deputy director to head of school and ultimately to director of school. And so I've I've had each of those jobs every step of the way. In Shanghai, for a couple of years, I was a director of technology. I was in charge of technology. And I know a lot of tech. Anybody who knows me knows I know tech. And so I enjoy technology. But I didn't want that to be my only job. I didn't want to just be a director of technology. So I moved on. And I went to the deputy head and then ultimately to head of school. And then in Moscow and here, both at the director level. And I've enjoyed director because it really allows me to serve people and turn our ideas into action and, and really make a difference. Olivia, you have an interesting question. you one thing about what would it be, and why? One thing? I'm limited to one thing? Boy, there's so many things, and I'm always juggling so many balls and changes that I need to make. What change would I... Oh, gosh. Um, I think I would probably focus on how kids help make more decisions about their learning and how they learn. So I'd, be, I'd have you be doing... Yeah, I know you do a lot of these, so don't get me wrong. You, you do this. I'd have you doing more projects where you design what you're doing while you're learning the content. So you'd be part of working with teachers to decide how do I learn best. Not all the time, just about half the time would be you designing what you do and how you do it. And that's our objective, and I believe in that objective. I really want to see that start to develop here where kids are involved in making decisions about how they learn the things they need to learn. And I, I just that's the thing I'd change is like if I could do that overnight and not have to go through the years it's going to take us to learn how to do that, that would be the thing I'd change overnight. But other than that, you know it's a great school. You know, I, I can't I can't say I'd want two more buildings because we've actually got beautiful buildings and we've got, you know, wonderful facilities. So I think that's the thing i change. A lot of hands went up during that answer, so I'm wondering, who has a question that's related to what Mr. C oh. was just saying? He's, oh, we're switching topics. Uh, but, okay. but my thing's really interesting, because a lot of people... <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go Iris, and then... Mine's also pretty short. Sure. So a lot of people um, disagree with the one that's as. um uh work together because without us all we're nothing and like not just the whole thing but like do you really believe that without us all we're nothing absolutely like really 100 percent if if, like one person's sick for the basketball game should the team just be like i surrender we shouldn't play because (laughs) i think that's oversimplifying the goal of the core value so let me tell you why i'm all in on this core value this core value is about the planet It is not about a basketball game. It is about the fact that the reason we still have controversy and conflict around the world is because we are willing to leave some people behind. And we can't be willing to leave anybody behind. So like excluding? Excluding. Yeah. And you know... As you see it in the news every night, how we are marginalizing or excluding around the world people we don't like or we disagree with or we have a conflict or, or, uh, or some kind of a, a competition with. And if it isn't economic competition, it's border competition, it's lifestyle competition, it's religious competition, and every time we marginalize people and separate ourselves, we are nothing. We are only going to figure out this idea of peace if we can figure out how everybody can sit at the table and get along with each other. And I think honestly, that core value is probably one of our most important. And you know, I might even apply it to the basketball game because (laughs) I might wanna say, while we can get out there and play basketball, what we wanna end at the end of the game is, we were all in this together we all enjoyed the competition, but we're all friends now that we're done. And that's what I mean by without us all, we're nothing. So not if like, we walk away from that basketball saying, we won, ha, 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 yeah, that's wrong. That's just so you wrong. Didn't, yeah. You didn't win. Nine exactly. out of ten people won. There you go. <laughs> so, so, yes, I know that there's controversy over that, and it's possibly because of the way it's worded. But you know what? Controversy makes people think. It makes people consider. And I love the question because it means you're thinking about it. And I planted a seed. And you're going to carry that into life. And I love that. That's what being a director is all about. Okay? Go. Um, How many years have you taught in total? I start... Well, okay, do you want to include swimming lessons? (laughs) 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 I started probably teaching... In 19, I'm gonna have to be honest, 76. My mom wasn't even older. so. I was I was not yet a graduate of high school at that time. Just to be clear, <laughs> but in 1976, I started teaching swimming lessons. I was on the swim team. I was a competitive swimmer in high school. I was also a competitive tennis player, uh, but I was I was just not good enough as a swim team, I wasn't gonna be competitive in any of the heats. I could swim, but I wasn't, I wasn't fast. I wasn't fast enough, and I wasn't gonna get any faster. So I was looking for ways that I could work in the pool, and I had this wonderful pool director, and he involved me in the second grade swimming program. So as a high school student, I was side by side with him, teaching 40 second graders how to swim. Just the two of us teaching 40 second graders how to swim, and, and I did that for two years, and I loved every second of it, so much so that I also then taught in the summers, and even when I was a teacher, summers, I would still find opportunities to teach swimming lessons. And I also wrote a manual and taught a program called Parent Infant Swimming, where we actually taught one-year-olds, and less than one-year-olds, like 18 months, how to swim. And it was like working with parents and their children in the pool and teaching the parents how to work with their kids. So that's where I started. So 1976. So that's how long I've been in education. And to be honest, I think of, even though I've been a director and a principal and all these other things, I've been a teacher the whole time. Yeah. So, so do the math. <laughs> 76 <laughs> to... Uh, there you go. I'm coming up on, coming up on 50. <laughs> 50 it's years of teaching. Not 50 years old, but 50 years of teaching. <laughs> long yeah. Long time. Okay. Uh, um, time for, yeah, going keep going. Liz, okay, Yana, I'm fine. Um, oh, I'm sorry. We'll go Yana then Liv. I apologize. And sure. I okay, okay, one, two, three. Go, go ahead. ahead. This is kind of linked to my first question. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. until you became sure of the school. So what did you have to do to move up? Each move up was a different story, so it's hard to say any one way. Um, some of them were promotions within an organization. So they saw that I was capable of doing something and so they so like I was really good at tech and they saw that and even though I was a principal, they said, "Well, we need help putting the technology systems in three new schools, right? You would be the guy. So we're going to promote you and put you in this role. So that's a promotion. Some of them were competitive, as in I have to apply and I have to convince a group of people that I'm the best choice out of an array of candidates. And so Moscow was very competitive. I, that was, and to be honest, leaving Shanghai to go to Moscow <coughs> involved applying to 26 schools. Did you get a tour? I got interviews in multiple schools, and it was down. I actually had an option between two schools when I picked Moscow. So that's competitive. That's what it is, As you apply. And you have to, you have. this is our bounce back. You know? You've got to be ready for rejection. You've got to be able to deal with rejection, because you're not going to get every job you apply for. right? And so sometimes you're going to apply for something, and people are going to say, no, nah, you're not a good fit for us. This isn't going to match. And you move on to the next. And so when Moscow, when I was deciding Moscow, I was actually up for two positions. Um, I have a follow up, up question. Follow up on that. I, I also have a follow up question. Okay, let's go with one follow up and then we'll go to live because unfortunately we've we got to go home for the weekend or, or your parents. Well, there's always that, right? You, yeah. so <laughs> I mean, I could stay all night <laughs> if you guys want. Okay, Keep pass. going. Um, all right, follow up quick. What's Uh, Anglo-American School, of Moscow. Okay, and it was that was director, but like I said, I was a teacher too. I like being a teacher. Did you know teacher. Mr. Hulis? I did. You want to know this? You um, want to know this? Mr. Hulis was there when I arrived and was a vice principal in the middle school in Moscow, but I hired him to be my head of school in St. Petersburg. So he did what I was talking about earlier. He got a promotion, and he did that in Moscow. He was my principal in, in Anglo American School of St. Petersburg. Yeah, see, and you probably saw me in St. Petersburg at least a couple of times. Yeah, I actually saw you once. I <laughs> found <laughs> Okay, let's go, Liv. You have a last Liv, question, go. and then we probably need to go back and write down some of these answers we I already but got. What do you do all day as a director? Boy, there's so many things, you know. Uh, let me go over today. So today was a uh, uh, meeting in the morning. It was three phone calls. It was an ambassador phone call. It was a board chair meeting uh, to go over the agenda for Monday night. It was a uh, board packet prep for the Monday night board meeting. Um, it was meetings with teachers during lunchtime to see how things are going, uh, be making myself available to teachers uh, with some special learning needs meetings in the afternoon. Um, Was uh, lunch? I didn't get lunch until 2 o'clock today because I was so busy Um, that's often the case Um, and then I I wolfed that down and then it was another ambassadorial phone call and um, and then the meeting with the director of teaching and learning on a couple of matters uh, scheduling of meetings a little bit more work on the board packet and then meeting with the director of admissions when you guys came in so that's kind of one day in a nutshell it starts (laughs) usually Starts you for me. It starts usually about six forty-five to seven in the morning, and I usually get. And you guys are going to leave and go home, but I'm going to put in about another hour. So about seven to five. Yeah, that's pretty close to my normal day. That's close to my normal day. Who was it you had over here? Uh, I, think, I think that was it. Okay, well, very last one. To Leon. I just have a follow-up question about the meeting with the teachers. Yes. Did you meet with any fourth grade teachers? No, this was actually today focused on middle and high school. Because my Remember, I do K-12. I don't do... Yeah, actually, I did meet with your dad at lunch oh! today. <laughs> as, you, as you bring that up. Yeah, we talked about uh, computers and, and technology and what's and happening science. with the IBDP yeah. program. And I... These are conversations I have all the time. So it's like. I was asking because my teacher was today gone. Ah, no, that wasn't me. (laughs) All right, well, reporters, we should probably say a big thank you to Mr. Zerpu for giving us this busy day. Thank you. Well, thank you, guys. You had very insightful questions. You are definitely picking up good reporter skills. And hopefully you'll get a chance to share this out in a way that helps other people get to know me and the school and what we're trying to do a little bit better, right? Yes. All right, give me a big hurrah. Hurrah! It always amazes me what kids inspire in me as we're talking about things that are relevant to them. And this was a good example, and I very much enjoyed my time with the young reporters. I'm always looking for opportunities to talk with different groups of students about things related to our mission, our vision, and our objective in the months and years ahead. So please look for me and look for opportunities for us to do some time together on simplicity.